Happy May, my friends. I am so excited that May is here, all the spring energy. It's beautiful. It's rebirth. I know a lot of people are going through these transitions, these changes, these deaths in some sort of way where some part of them feels like it is coming full circle and it served its purpose in their life. And now there is a new belief or a new direction or a new partner or a new goal that you're working on. So let's harness that energy of the beginning of May together by starting it out with this incredible podcast episode that I recorded with Davida Kugelmas, who I absolutely adore. She is the creator behind The Healthy Maven, a health and wellness website, YouTube channel, and podcast dedicated to making healthy living easy and sustainable. Davida's content is diverse, ranging from recipes to travel to fitness with a focus on how to live healthfully rather than living for your health. With When Davida isn't in the kitchen, she's traveling, hiking with her adorable puppy, or going to endless links for the perfect cup of coffee. Oh, the things we do for the perfect cup of coffee. Now, what me and Davida talk about today, it's not health, it's not what food to eat, it's about integrity. Integrity in your life and in your business. Davida Kugelmas is awesome. I just really adore all of the work she's doing in the world. And following her on Instagram is really fun. She's great at talking about how to live a nourishing lifestyle in every single way. And that's what we get into today. So before we head on over, here's the review of the week. And this comes from Jessica Bishop. Maddie Moon is the queen of podcasts with five stars. I haven't really been a fan of podcasts, but I've been keeping up with Maddie on Instagram for a while. Once I heard she had a podcast, I had to check it out. I'm so glad I did. Her podcasts are always inspiring and have helped strengthen my recovery in many ways. Thanks, Maddie. You are so welcome, Jessica Bishop. I appreciate you to the moon and back for this glorious, sweet, kind review. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Today's podcast comes to you from Plate Joy. Okay, if y'all have been following me on Instagram like sweet old Jessica Bishop has been, you know that I eat a lot of the same meals all the time. Recently, I've been eating plates of zucchini noodles with lots of fat of avocados and sunflower seeds and dried tomatoes and meat and just like this big old bowl of goodness. But I eat it every single day because I'm not... I am not, like, finding new recipes is not one of the number one things on my priority list. I was going to say, I'm not good at finding new recipes, but that's not it. It's that I don't prioritize it. But recently, I've been really craving in my life just diversity. And it just so happens that this company called Plate Joy reached out to me the same time I was going through this pivotal transition in my hunger. And Plate Joy is amazing. It is a is a data platform that takes in 50 different data points to create meal plans that are the perfect match for you while they're still healthy, delicious, nourishing, and different. Lots of diversity. You'll also get a grocery list that cuts shopping time in half. Yes, keep it simple. And that keeps track of what you already have in your pantry to reduce food waste. You can shop for yourself or get ingredients delivered same day in 30 cities nationwide. If you want to check them out and go go create your own custom meal plan, seriously, this thing is so cool. It'll ask you what you don't like, what you do like, what kind of foods you already have on hand, um, if you eat a certain type of way, and it creates the perfect meal plans. You can even decide how many meals you, how many meal options you want for the week. So like I want 
to make three different breakfasts this week and two different lunches and five different dinners. Or if you're like, I want the same thing every day, you can be like one breakfast, one lunch, one dinner, and like two snacks. It's super cool. So if you want to check it out, go to platejoy.com. I will have that link in the show notes for this episode 151. And you can get 10 days of meal plans for free. Just enter Maddie, all capitalized, M-A-D-D-Y, to save $10 on your monthly membership. They're awesome. You're going to love them. Check it out. Okay, last announcement. It's actually not too late to sign up for the Confidence Revival. So if you're feeling like you need a revival of your soul and yoga and dance and hiking and workshopping and manifesting and the feminine, the masculine, all those things come to mind when you think of a revival, then you can go to maddiemoon.com slash confidence dash revival. I've also got some other exciting things on the horizon. I am planning a trip to Costa Rica It is going to be a school project where we work at a school for a couple days implementing, um, helping the school create gardens, painting. This is in Costa Rica, so they need our help. It's going to be a glorious time. So the first half will be that in a school. Then the second half will be more chill vibes where we're doing some workshops community just coming together and talking and and manifesting and and having a great time in the water and playing and just having fun. So if you've had Costa Rica on your bucket list this year, like I know I have, reach out to me because I'm reaching out individually to every person that has told me they want to do this when I mentioned it on Instagram and in my email list. So if you want in on that, before the webpage is up, go ahead and shoot me an email and I will make sure you're one of the first people to get the information on that. And I'm also looking at doing an acro yoga weekend here in Boulder, Colorado sometime this year. So keep that on your, on your, what's the word on your horizon? Keep that on your checkout list. I don't know, but those are the three things in the works right now. If you want to do all three, awesome. If you want to do two, awesome. If you want to do one, awesome. If you want to do none, awesome. But I would love to serve you in any way that seems like a good fit for you. Woo. Okay. Davida, I'm so ready to hear your wise wisdom again. So let's go on and head on over to the show. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on maddiemoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Maddie Moon. Hey, and welcome back to the show, everyone. I am so excited to have Davida here on the podcast. She just had me on hers, and it was phenomenal. We had so many wonderful things to talk about, and it's just such a treat and a pleasure to have someone that you've been following in the online space on your podcast to actually talk in what feels like real life, like it's technically still not real life, but it feels that way at least. So welcome to the podcast, Davida. I'm so happy to have you here. 
thank you so much for having me. I feel the same way. I feel like I know you, but we just, we haven't actually met. It's really weird. But we're going to make that happen someday. I have a feeling. We will. I have a we feeling. We definitely will. Because like, you're in, you're in San Fran, right? I am. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a recent immigrant to San Francisco. From Canada. Yes. From Toronto, Canada. See, I feel like I know everything about you. I just There you go. Do you want to? Do you want to just give my bio now? Like, feel free. Take it away. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's great. But I do want you to share with my audience who might not know you or might not be familiar with you quite yet, a little bit about your background and how you got to become um, this the healthy maven, which I love that name. But how did you get here? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a whirlwind journey. And I'll admit I haven't had coffee yet. So if I like go on for too long, feel free to cut me off. This is my um, favorite part, honestly. So just take your time. I love hearing all this. All right. So I'll take you back to when I started it. I was 20. I can't, I actually can't remember if I was 23 or 24 at the time. Um, and I was working a job that I absolutely hated. I was pretty lost in life. I would say it's sort of that post-grad, what am I doing with my life? Just really not in a good place at all. And I think a lot of that anxiety ended up being sort of projected onto my body and trying to manipulate that and really trying to use my body as my identity instead of really having to do the hard work of figuring out what my passions were and what I wanted to do with my life. Um, so I kind of adopted this identity as like the fit girl. So I was, I would work out all the time. I was always like meal prepping, healthy snacks, like that, that kind of stuff. And it kind of, it felt good for people to be able to kind of identify me, but the actual like work I was putting into that never really felt good. It, it felt good at first that like sort of endorphin high and people are like, Oh, you look great. Like, tell me what you're doing. And then it was like, it started to go down a kind of dangerous path. And around the same time, I also ended up starting my blog, the healthy maven. So I wasn't loving my job, but I sort of had developed this identity as the like healthy fit girl and People were asking for recipes and sort of what my workouts looked like. So I decided I would start a blog and start sharing about it. So I started the blog and ended up discovering that like I had a huge passion for this. So while I hated my job, I would come home at night and I would work on the blog. And on the weekends, I would work on the blog. And I was really kind of throwing myself into that. And interestingly, and this is more sort of in hindsight, I really think that I kind of adopted the like identity of the blogger instead of like being that like fit girl because at the same time I ended up injuring myself pretty badly and basically figured out like what I was doing was not healthy at all so I you know I was walking around calling myself the healthy maven but I was not really in a good place mentally and then eventually I was not in a good place physically so the last four years of the blog have really been chronicling that journey because it kind of happened around the same time where I injured myself and I started the blog at the same time so it's really just been kind of following that journey of, you know, getting to a good place with my health and yeah, just, uh, eventually taking the blog that was sort of this like passion project of mine and ending up turning it into a full-time job. And I've chronicled it all. I'm really an open book. So everything that's happened over the last like over four years is online. I always joke that if I ever wanted to go back to a nine to five job, I'd be so screwed because my whole life is on the internet. So 
Yeah, I mean, if you want to read more about it, it's all on the blog. But that's sort of my like summary version of it. I've talked about that same thing before. Like if I ever wanted to get a job again, like on this podcast, I've talked about going to I've, I've been to I, went, I was arrested once and I talked about that. And like they, that was something that I spent so long and hard trying to get covered up like legally. So it would never it would like get off my record and all of that. And then now I'm here like freely talking about it. Um, and now I feel like, yeah. and now like you probably don't even know what I'm talking about. And like new listeners are like, wait, what? Um, I've talked about that in an episode with Monsell Denton, if anyone wants to check that out. Anyways. Yes, that's great. Like, so we, our backgrounds are quite similar, very similar. And that feeling of, and I haven't had a conversation around body image and food and all that in about a year, honestly. Um, so it's kind of good to have this conversation with you to bring it back because I know there's a lot of new listeners that are probably struggling with body image. And, um, this is a conversation that needs to be had and, and reminded of people about because it's, it's so present. And even when I feel like, and I'm sure you can relate on this is like, you feel like you've moved on from a certain point and you've left that part in your past, but it still is so relevant to so many people today. And it's part of our responsibilities to shed light on, on all the different things that women face on a daily basis. And this is definitely one of them, like the need for a label that, that, that desire to have this, um, image when people look at you, they think, Oh my gosh, you look so fit. You look so healthy. But how ironic it is that underneath that body you're suffering like mentally and physically. Completely. And I think what's been really cathartic about this whole process is being able to talk through it. And I'm in like such a good place now. And oftentimes I find myself talking about it, this stuff. And I'm sort of like, "Eh, like this isn't all that interesting to me anymore. But I also think back to where I was when I started the blog and how desperately I needed to hear these kinds of conversations. And I think that's a big reason that I keep talking about it on the blog. And oftentimes I'm really telling stories in hindsight because I've had time to reflect on them, but also because I, that's what I would have wanted to have heard. I wish someone had been like, you don't have to go to the gym seven days a week or, you know, meal prepping is not the only way to survive and be healthy. So I think it's been a journey for me, but also just allowing people to participate in this journey with me can be really helpful to them. Have you ever wanted to change the name of your blog because you were like healthy doesn't, it just feels not right. Like that word or yeah. you always, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I was thinking about that the other day and how I actually want to write a post on it because there was a period where I was like, how do I drop healthy from my name? Because Maven is sort of a, it's a really popular term. There's no way I could even attempt to purchase that domain. Um, but I really think that my role now in life is to help redefine what healthy looks like that like healthy does not need to be the conventional, you know, here's my workout plan. Here's my diet. Like here's the labels under which I live. I don't have any of that in my life and I've never felt healthier. And I think that that's really important. And that's a big reason why I don't think I ever will drop healthy from my name. But yeah, I definitely have like, cause there are people who sort of subscribe to the notion that like healthy is sort of this conventional definition. And then when I tell them sort of what I talk about or how I eat or, you know, just kind of define as best I can, cause I can't really define it the way that I live it doesn't sound like what they understand, but I think that that's a big reason to keep the name. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think of it this way. Like people are going to like people are going to type in healthy. They might as well like into Google. They might as well come up with your search result. Like if people are going to type in healthy anyways, be the one source that's going to be giving a message of sanity and reason and self-love. It's kind of like the like thinking people are going to have sex. Like you might as well educate them on how to do it. Like how to do it safely. Well, people are going to type in healthy recipes, healthy this, healthy that. Amongst the a, a, a ridiculous amount of blogs you're going to come up with that are all about clean eating and strict and not eating guilty foods, have yours be in that result. Be the one that's going to be giving the sane message. So I, I, I look at it like that. And I think it when you look at it like that, it's like, Someone needs to be in this mix. So if you're going to have this name, like not only does it, it does ring true to you because you are a healthy person and you have found your own version of health, which is balance and self-love and appreciation and gratitude, all the different beautiful things. So be the blog that's going to give people really, um, sustaining insight, insight that's going to make them satiated in more ways than one. Yeah, and I hope I can be that voice, or if anything, at least start the conversation. Absolutely. So one of the things that you have gotten really into, I'm sure it's been a while now, but it's learning how to put yourself first and and redefine what self-care means to you. So how have you learned to tone down your desire to be it all, do it all, fix everything? Because that's my personality and... Maybe that's been part of your journey as well as wanting to just go headstrong, full force, all or nothing, go big, go home. How have you learned to make the process of achieving more in your life as you work on your business and your self-growth in a really self-care loving way where you don't have to do it all? Yeah. I mean, the first thing is admitting that you can't do it all. And that was really big for me, especially when it comes to the blogging world. There's sort of endless things you can do. You could be posting three times a day if you wanted to be. There's all sorts of like crazy share groups and being on social all the time. There's like a million and one things you can do to self-promote. And I think if you get trapped in that, it's a really scary place and you just don't know where to stop and you just end up working all the time and you burn yourself out. So I think experiencing burnout a couple of times is enough of a wake up call to start setting some boundaries in your life. So for me, some big ones were putting myself on like a normal, like working schedule. So I work like nine to five and sometimes I start a little bit later, work a little bit later. But for the most part, I really, I don't really work in the evenings and I don't work on the weekends, which I think is kind of rare for people who are self-employed because they feel like they need to be working all the time in order to really like earn their keep. But I've just learned that I just need to be working smarter and not harder. And I think it's really easy to get wrapped up in the hustle culture. And don't get me wrong, when I'm working, I'm hustling. Like I can power through things, but... I don't think it's healthy or sustainable to, you know, be doing that all the time. And then suddenly your basically self-preservation ends up getting put last, let alone self-care. So I, you know, really scheduling out time or at least ending time when you're focusing on other things to then make time for yourself is super important. So, you know, starting your day with a morning routine, which honestly I was really good at until like a month ago and now <laughs> Sort of 
And, and that's the thing, I think, also accepting that, like, you're going to be in seasons of your life where, like, things are all going according to plan and you're sort of in the groove and then you're going to, like, get thrown off your horse and you're totally thrown off and just sort of accepting that it's okay to, like, get back on or just be where you're at. So, you know, but having a morning routine can be a really nice way to make time for yourself in the morning. Or for me, I'm I'm not a huge, like, morning person. I'm just not an early bird, but you know, making time in the evening for like other things that I really enjoy doing. Um, so oftentimes it's literally just like laying on the couch, watching TV or like reading or watching YouTube videos. And it's just stuff that like we write off as being kind of like mindless, but like I need that time to really just like calm down and just really not have to like be productive in like the conventional sense. I just need to like basically give my brain a break um, and just, you know, drink tea and like have a snack and just move at a slower pace. And I'm not the type of person where I'm such an extreme person, which is why like it can be really dangerous for me to like, you know, follow a workout plan or a meal plan or that kind of stuff because I'm super rigid about it. Um, But it can also be a positive thing where like, if I'm like, okay, here's, you know, here's what my workday is going to look like. And I'm going to be done at this time. And then I'm going to like live like a normal human the rest of the time that can work out really well. So setting those boundaries for me have been like huge in sort of my self-care practice. And it isn't like, you know, every day I do this, but it's just that like when I'm done, I'm done. And whatever I feel like doing, whether it be going on a walk or watching YouTube videos or doing a face mask, like whatever just like feels good in that moment, like, that's just what I do. And it, it's so nice. It's so, so nice to not feel like I need to be working 24 hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a myth. I was reading a book, uh, it's called make it happen by, uh, an author called Laura Casey. And in one of the, one of the chapters she wrote about how she also would answer emails on the weekend or she'd answer them at 3am. And then she started to realize like, if you were on the opposite end receiving this email at 3 a.m., how would you feel about this person? Like, whoa, they must be really desperate to get everything done all the time. Like, wow, I'm getting an email at 3 a.m. This person really isn't taking much time to themselves. Like, if anything, it would be better to wait until Monday, even if you get an email on Friday evening, wait until Monday, because that's what how a normal business would function. And if you value your business as a normal business, like have those boundaries, even if they're boundaries for yourself that you have to set against yourself. And I remember re- reading that and I was like, wow, that's a really good way to think about it because I was the same way. I get an email and I would respond immediately to every email And I'm by my computer a lot, so I still do. And if I choose to send an email at 9 p.m. to um, a potential client, so what? Like, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to feel bad about it. But that at least gave me some new perspective where I don't feel like I have to do that. And I totally agree. I think the hustle, you have to hustle whenever you're young, if you're building a business and go harder and you can't stop and you need to create. I have noticed that when I adopt that mindset and I continuously create, 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 my creations become less aligned with my mission because they start to become created out of fear, fear of not, not working hard enough. 
So I've, I've written this blog post. I've created this four week course. I've done this, but all of this stuff is not that highest, not of the highest value because it was created out of fear that if I didn't do it, I would lose followers. If I didn't do it, then I wouldn't be ahead of the game. If I didn't do it, I wouldn't have 15 summit invites, you know, like, so I would create all these things. It's like an, if then, if I don't create all this stuff, then I'll get lost. Then they won't find me then, then, then. And when I started to trust and be like, hey, I'd rather create one really awesome thing every so often when I feel aligned, my energy's on fire and I have a clear head, I would rather create that one thing and then do other things I love like podcasting and coaching and retreats and all of that good stuff and trust that whoever needs to find me is going to find me from that one awesome epic thing I create. And it's such a better way to live and it's more of a minimalistic way as well. It's that quality over quantity mindset, less is more. And, and that's what's really been working for me in my business. Yeah, I completely agree. I think like, you know, I create a lot because it's like my biggest passion in life is simply just creating, whether it be writing or photography or video. I just love it's interesting because I, I've made the choice in my business to not really expand it. Um, I do have help with social media and, um, a bit with the podcast and she's a really good friend of mine. So we just have a really great rapport, but I am not looking to turn this into something like so much bigger than it is because how I enjoy spending my time is creating. I don't want to spend my time having to tell other people how to do their job. And that is a, interesting decision. Um, like it, when you see sort of the direction of where blogs are going, people are adding to their team. They're bringing on, you know, photographers, they're bringing on videographers. And I'm like, I love all this stuff. And obviously like, you know, it's not sustainable for me to do all of it all the time, but I think it's understanding like when you need to take a break. And that for me was big where for the first couple of years, like I didn't take a vacation. Like I was like, if I don't post, then I like, people are going to forget about me. And it's funny, I was talking to someone about this yesterday who recently graduated from college and she was asking for, you know, life advice. And one of the biggest lessons I learned was that like your boss isn't thinking about you 24 hours a day. And it sounds like you're kind of like me where you feel like other people are thinking about, or at least in the past, like other people are thinking about your actions and what you're doing at all hours of the day. Right. And it's, that was a huge lesson for me that like, when I, when I think about it from like, like Laura Casey's book, like that context of like, you know, how would they perceive the email at nine o'clock at night? I would see it more from the perspective of like, you know, how would they perceive it if they didn't get an email from me until Monday morning? Like that, that's how I viewed it. But that was sort of where my mind was at. And I've since learned that like, that is not a good place to be. But that's sort of where I, my mind can get sometimes where I'm really preoccupied about what other people might be thinking. And the same kind of applied to my readers where I was like, what would my readers think if I like didn't show up on this day or if I made them a promise to do this and then I just didn't do it. And I think that that like, that sort of gives a bit of consistency to my business, which I think is a positive thing. I think consistency is important when you are building a business, but I think when you start getting way too wrapped up in it where you're like, well, I told them I was going to be posting Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, and they only showed up on Thursday. And you know, now they're going to be upset with me and now they're going to forget about me. It's like, whoa, 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 slow down. Like 
people's minds are not preoccupied with you at all hours of the day, which was a like, wait, what kind of moment for me, but also really helped me in figuring out the direction that I wanted to take my business in and how to really implement some boundaries. Oh my gosh, I absolutely agree. I am the same exact way. I So I love, and I've talked about this uh, quite a few times on the podcast and with you, but I love the talking about balancing, you know, of course, the feminine and the masculine in your business. And I think the structures, the schedules, that's the masculine. And then the feminine is like what you're creating with those structures. Like here I have this podcasting schedule where I release one every Wednesday. And then the feminine is what we talk about in the podcast. Like that's the creative side. And and one of my clients once said to me, discipline is freedom. And now this is so different for different people. Because old version of Madeline, no, discipline was not freedom. For me, it was Discipline was life. Discipline was identity. Discipline was rigid and controlling. It was not freedom. But where I am now in my life, that totally rings true to me because I've learned how to harmonize it. So like having the discipline, having the structure of like, okay, I know I'm going to release it every Wednesday. I have learned to harmonize it. And and that gives me a a good structure to rely on so I can let that feminine creativity run free. But at the same time, I'm not attached to it. So if I need to change things up, my life doesn't fall apart. I can skip a Wednesday if I need to take a break. And if I don't feel like creating blog posts and writing or interviewing people, okay, cool. I'll cancel it and I'll cancel the plans to write or to interview or I'll just spend the day with my thoughts and with myself and being in nature. And that's totally fine as well. But having that structure as a base has helped a lot. Definitely. And I think it's what you said about detaching from the results that plays a huge role in being able to like have discipline in your life and not let it take over your life. And just sort of understanding that like, this is sort of what the structure is. But if things don't go according to plan, which is life, like things just don't always go according to plan. It is not the end of the world. And like, you are, you just have to regroup and figure out, you know, what's next. And maybe that means taking the day off. Maybe it means going out into nature. Maybe it means, you know, just sort of taking a step back and being like, this is just going to play out the way that it should. And that I'm a really like anxious, high, strong person. So that is something that like has been a really big focus in my life is understanding how to kind of detach from the results and just being like, there are things that are going to be out of my control and that's okay. It doesn't mean I'm like this like free spirit who is like anything could happen. It means that like I have, you know, boundaries in my life and like a structure to my life, but when things don't go according to plan, that's just, you know, that's just life. And when it happens like in sequence, it's tough for me and I can get into like a really bad place and it's something that I'm working on and have talked a lot about on the blog, but you know, for the most part, if it's just the like, oh, my guest canceled for next week and I don't have an episode. All right. Like, that's OK. Like, I just don't have an episode and that's fine. Or maybe, you know, I can call my friend who I had been wanting to take on the show or bring on the show in like a couple weeks and see if she'd be interested in having a chat this week. You just regroup and figure it out. And that has been, you know, it's still not easy for me just sort of my personality and what I'm trying to work on. But I completely agree. It just like you know, discipline and structure isn't bad. It's when you hold on to it like dear life and when it doesn't go according to plan and you fall apart, that's when it starts to get dangerous. Did you have a particular moment when you realized that you 
do not want to become this huge, big name and have this big empire. Do you have like a specific time in your life when you were like, maybe that's not what I value. What I value is more of this, the meaningful work that I'm creating in the business or did it happen over time subtly? Um, I, I kind of had a moment. Um, it was last year as like probably about a year ago, people, you know, were really starting to grow their teams and, and bring on other creators. And I got into a conversation about a book deal, um, with a publishing house and it seemed really exciting at the time, but it also, while it would have been so cool to create a book, it also meant I would have to figure out a way to kind of help my business run at the same time. And that would probably mean bringing on other creators um, and taking me away from the things that I love to do, which is writing the blog and working on videos and now having the podcast. And I, the thought of that made me realize like, this is not what I want. Like one day a book would be great, but I think it was just not the right timing, but in a weird sense ended up being the perfect timing because it made me think a lot about what I wanted. So at first I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this book and it's going to be amazing. And then I was like, wait, how am I going to blog? How am I going to create videos? How am I going to have any time at all? Cause I was like, I'm going to do it all. And then I was like, wait a minute, I cannot do this all. And then I'm going to have to help. I'm going to need a lot of help. And I just don't like spending my time telling other people how to do their jobs. And I've had like two people who have helped me on the show one or on the show and also with the blog and one while I was living in Canada and one out here. And they have both been like the most amazing people. And they can both attest to the fact that like, I am like very hands off. Like I'm super hands off in the process. Like I, I like anyone who like takes a lot of initiative And of course, like I'm kind of sitting in the background, like watching what's going on, but I don't like meddling and how other people do their job. And I realized that I was going to have to do that a lot. And I was like, that's not what I want. I would rather like really focus on the things that I love right now and maybe in the future do a book. But that if it's going to take me away from the things that I already love, then I don't really want to turn this into something bigger and start creating products. It's just not the direction that I want to go in. That takes a lot of self-awareness. So good on you for being able to realize that. And that just must be a relief to understand where your attention is best put. And like, I absolutely agree. Like for me, having a big empire. I've never really craved to have a lot of employees or anything like that. Um, I don't envision that anyways. I have a, um, I have a virtual assistant, which has really up leveled for me because I've been able to focus on recording the show, but then she'll do the show notes. And so that's been fantastic. Um, but I've never envisioned having a bunch of people cause that sounds like a headache. Like that does not sound like where I would be best suited And I really do also, similar to you, enjoy having hands-on. One thing in my life I always did want was to be famous, I will say. And I just wanted to be famous. Like Since I was a little kid, I wanted to be known. I wanted to be in the news. I wanted to be this, that. That has totally disappeared in the last year. Like, totally. And it makes me feel so damn good. Like, to have that 
desire be gone, it feels like such a relief because it was like, it was an ego thing. It was an insecure thing. It was, you know, everyone wants to be special and important. That is a fact. Everyone wants that. That's in the, which book is it? How to make friends. I think it's in some book like that, but it tells you like, that's what everyone craves is to be important. Okay, cool. Unfortunately, in this world, the way we think people are recognized for being important is for being known, for being famous. You can be important and not be on the news. You can be important and not be in a movie. Like You can be really important just with your, your inner circle, your family, or in your own little self-care sphere. Like you, every single person is important right now without having to do a thing. But for some reason I had this itch just gnawing away at me to be out there, to be really known, to get my Facebook followers up, to get this out there and have all these views and all these likes. And like, it can just so easily consume you and take you away. And I think last year was when I was just like, this does not feel good. Like, this is not going to lead me to a good place down the road either. Why not just like enjoy the work I do and find, find my, my purpose and my passion within myself totally internally, nothing externally. Like all of it is within me, not out there. Like, yes, it has helped me to put more focus on the individual people that I serve. But even then I don't let my identity and purpose and passion turn, like go into how well I serve this person. That is why I'm here. I feel purpose filled when I, when I help this individual person, but my actual feeling of importance, it's innate. It's not something that I receive feedback. How do you, how important am I in your life client? Like, no, that's not what I do. It's how, how purpose filled do I feel right now through my actions, through my beingness. And that's given me a lot of stillness and peace and flow, not having to prove that worth or try to gain and gain more people. Like, I don't want that. It just doesn't ring true anymore. I so get that. And I think that like what came with sort of figuring out that like I didn't want to grow this into like some huge empire was also understanding that like I needed to build a business coming from a place of like purpose and passion and not from, you know, building something that was huge. And that's why like around the same time I ended up transitioning my blog, which was mainly food focused into more lifestyle focus. And that's because I just felt like the world that I was putting, I mean, I've always been kind of an open book and shared, you know, my experiences, but I would say that it was mainly food because anyone who has kind of gotten into the like healthy living blogging world will say that like the food content will just do better. And it's simply because you're bringing in traffic from places like Pinterest or Google. And it isn't like engaged, dedicated traffic. It's not people who are like reading what you have to say. They're like scrolling down to the recipe. And I was just sort of like, okay, like I want to provide like good nourishing food to people. I want my recipes to be inspiring to people, but I also want people to understand that like kale is not going to solve all your health problems. And like your life exists beyond what's happening inside the kitchen. And I realized that the business that I was growing was that. And I think that's also like the book deal, it would have been a cookbook. And while I love food, food isn't, I don't think that that's the legacy that I want to leave on the world. Like I, I love food. Don't get me wrong. And I cook, you know, most of my meals during the week, but 
it's not the be all and end all of my life. And it was super important to me that I build a business that was reflective of that. And so I ended up transitioning the blog from more, you know, food focused to really lifestyle focused. And I was worried about how the transition was going to go and how, you know, if all of my numbers were going to tank and if I was going to like basically lose any sponsors or have a business at all. And that so has not been the case. And yeah, like I, I don't necessarily get like the same crazy traffic because I'm not so focused on putting out food content and then like pinning it all over the internet. And I'm not, you know, posting food constantly on Instagram and seeing, you know, hundreds of thousands of people following me because I'm sort of all over the place because I share my life, which is all over the place, but it's been so much more fulfilling. And that, I think that sort of building a business that's sustainable and that is fulfilling to you is a huge piece of it. And that has been sort of what my life has been the last year is really building that kind of business that I could basically like leave the legacy that I, that I want to leave. And also, you know, I think having that sort of passion in your business is what, you know, allows you to show up every single day. And this is having integrity in your business. That's what it is. Like you have integrity in your business and what you put out there, you want it to ring true and align with you regardless of the money or the followers or the Pinterest ranks. Like above all is the integrity in your business. Who are you portraying to be? What are you spending your time doing? Like, does it feel good to you? And does it feel, does it serve the readers? And I think that's incredibly beautiful. And I wish more people felt called to go more in that direction. Like what really rings true to them than instead of creating things out of fear that, Oh no, I'll lose money or people will stop following me. Did you have any people like inspirational people along the way that you saw the way they were doing their business and you were like, Oh, I like that. I want to be like that as well. That inspires me. You know, I can't think of a like specific example, but just to sort of touch on the point that you just made, it's interesting because I, I agree. And I, I think, you know, having that passion in your business and, and having integrity is hugely important. But I also look at some people who are able to kind of separate their business from their passion or from, you know, not necessarily, it doesn't mean that they don't have integrity, but just that they're like, this is my business. You know, I post recipes six days a week and I, this is how I'm serving the world. And I'm not talking about all of the other things that are happening behind the scenes, but that's sort of my private life and I don't need to share that with the internet. And I totally respect that. I think that like, if that's the kind of business that you want to build, then like, by all means, go for it. I'm just like such an emotional person and I'm so preoccupied with like the legacy that I'm going to leave that it was super important to me that I show the full picture. But I don't necessarily think that there's like less integrity if you like understand that this is like your one job and that you're going to serve the world with that one specific job. I'm just like, I'm a super emotional person. So I think like when I think about examples, most of the people who I see in sort of the blogging health wellness world are, you know, very focused on sort of their one thing. And like, that's what their niche is. And I think that we need people like that providing resources. Um, but I was just like, I'm, I've always been the kind of person who was like, if everybody's doing it this way, like I'm going to do it this way. So (laughs) I just kind of tried out going in the opposite direction. And now it's really funny where like, I I'll post like a food picture on Instagram and it doesn't do like nearly as well as when I like post just about anything else. And I'm like, okay, all right. This is just like, 
this is how it goes. It's I, and I really think it's like wherever your passion is, passion is at. And that if you like start, you know, sharing things that like are not what you care about, then people will see through it. So I think, you know, there's so many examples of people who like do things with such passion, even if it's like a very narrow focus. Um, and that's always very inspirational to me because I can see how much they love doing that. Yes, I absolutely agree. And so my assumption is like going back to what you were just saying that you don't think it's, they have less integrity if they're just doing food. I I agree with that for sure. I assume that if they're only doing food and recipes, that's what they want to be doing. And that is integrity to me. So what I was saying is that if someone is doing only food and yet they're like, but I don't really want to do food. I don't want to, but I have to because that's what people want and I don't want to do it. That's when you're out of integrity because you're not doing something that feels good for you. Like you want to do something that feels good for you. So if they're like, I want to keep my life private, I want to just do food and recipes or let's take another example. I want to only write about uh, beauty products and makeup and I want to keep my diet food intake separate. If that's what you want to do, that is in integrity. That is aligned with you. But if you're doing it and you're like, I'm doing this because I fear what will happen if I don't do it. I'm doing this because I fear I'll lose money if I don't do this. That's when you're just putting out negative energy and that's probably what you're going to get back in return. And that's when I think you're out of your own integrity. Not integrity that you own, you owe to the world, you owe to people. That is the integrity that you owe to yourself to live a life that feels good for you. And I'm a great example of this. Whenever I was doing, talking only about eating disorder recovery on this podcast, I was out of integrity with myself because I was creating that out of fear that if I stopped talking about body image, people would be disappointed. They'd be frustrated. They'd be upset. And so when I came out on the podcast saying, okay, I'm going to start talking about other things, relationships. I'm talking a lot about money. I'm talking a lot about coaching, like more things. And that was when I stepped into my own integrity because I was like, I'm going to do what feels good for me, not just out of fear. Cause I was so scared that if I changed the topics, people would leave me and, and that's what felt good. But if I was like, I'm going to do body image only on this podcast and that's all I'll talk about. And I wanted to do that, then that's great too. Does that make sense? Oh, completely. And it's funny how many people have said to me and by people, I mean, mostly bloggers have been like, you know, like, how did you make the transition? Every time I post a picture of my face on Instagram, like 50 people unfollow me. And I'm like, I just accepted the fact that like, they didn't care what I had to say. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. That like, me being, you know, having integrity or, you know, talking about the things that I'm passionate about was more important than resonating with an audience that doesn't actually care what I have to say. And I think that it's really all about perspective. And like, trust me, like, two, three years ago, I was that person being like, every time I share a picture of myself, people unfollow me. And then I was just like, screw it. Like if I'm going to keep creating content for an audience that doesn't actually care, then like, what's the point? But the number of bloggers who have said to me, like, actually, that quote, when I post a picture of my face, people unfollow me. It's remarkable. I've had probably at least like 20 people say that to me. And I think I just want to be like, then just do it. Like, go for it. But I also get it. Like some people, you know, that it, it, it's harder. People are different places in their own, you know, insecurities in their own businesses. And that just isn't 
where they're at right now. And that's fine. I was just like, I had reached my limit where I was like, I'm, I was like, if I come up with another avocado recipe, avocado recipe, I'm going to go crazy. Like I'm legit going to go crazy. And like, I love avocados. I eat a lot of avocados, but I felt like I was like, it was like pulling teeth trying to come up with like a new creative way to eat an avocado. And I was like, honestly, I just put it on toast and it's delicious. Or I, I really like these avocado brownies that I make. They're really good. But um, I just felt like I was just trying too hard when I wanted to be talking about so many other things. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I just can't. And I'm such a like, that's honestly how I ended up running the blog full time was because I just couldn't do my job anymore. Like my full time job at the time, I was like, I can't do this. I've reached my limit. I can't do it. I'm quitting. And I'm just going to focus all my energy on making this blog into what I want it to be, which again is a blessing and a curse. But I think it, you know, it, it works out in the end. If you are super passionate about what you're doing, you like, you just, you put your energy into that and that energy comes out and other, it ref- it resonates with people. They see that. And I think if you're like constantly putting out things that like you're not that excited about and yeah. And that, and what's interesting is that over the course of the last year, I sort of went the other direction where I like wasn't talking about food at all. And then I moved my life across a continent. And once we started getting settled in our new kitchen, I was like, I miss cooking so much. Like I missed recipe developing. And I did a little bit of it over like those like six months, but I I missed it. And I think that that's also something that like is okay that like we change, we're human. We like, we're in different places in our lives in different seasons. And I'm sure like once I have kids one day, like, you know, maybe meal planning will be a bigger role in my life because that's, you know, where I'm at and that's what I need. But right now, like it's not something that I enjoy doing or want to be a part of. But I think we, especially because many of our blogs are a reflection of us. We're afraid of sort of accepting that change because we don't know how it's going to resonate with our audience. But we also forget that like our audiences change, our audiences grow up and like they're in different places. And what you're putting out into the world right now is going to resonate with a certain group of people. And that might be different in like a year from now. And that's okay. You just need to be like super authentic in what you're sharing and in just really being passionate about what you're talking about and accepting that like that may change. Absolutely. There's no black and white. Everything you just said was just like spot on perfect. Um, And I love just talking about like the, the, the followers that you lose when you post certain things like that happens to me too. And man, it feels good. It feels good. Like, cause I, I no longer so long. Like if that, like if this is what like you don't want to hear, then like, I don't think we'd be friends and that's okay. Like that's, that's a good thing. Like I want, it's not that I necessarily want everybody to agree with me, but if what I'm saying doesn't resonate with you, if you're someone who's like focused on weight loss and like love your fitness plan, you're not going to like what I have to say. And obviously I would love for what I'm saying to resonate with you. But if that's not where you're at in your life right now, like I, I don't need to be the one to like, you know, shove it down your throat, like you'll get there and that's okay. So like, go, go follow somebody else, or maybe somebody else can say it in a way that resonates better with you. And I'm just not that person. And that's okay. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I've just, the key for me has been to not become attached to when people follow me 
so that I'm not attached when they don't follow me. Like if I get a whole bunch of new followers, cool. Like, yay, I'm, sh- I'm spreading my message to more people, but they don't define me. They don't define my business. My business is success. Nothing. They're just people that happen to be finding my words applicable to wherever they are in life. And that's fantastic. And as I change and they change, we might grow really far apart and they won't like what I have to say anymore. When I stopped talking about uh, like recovering from my disordered eating, I lost a lot of people because they still needed a lot of that insight. And whenever I was talking about other things like relationships, they weren't there yet. So they were like, okay, bye, Maddie. Bye, Felicia. Like, don't care anymore. And I'm like, cool. Like, go find the, the stuff that you know, you need to hear it. Cause I want whatever's best for you. I just can't provide it right now, but hopefully one day our, our uh, paths will cross again online or, or maybe in person. And like, we'll be able to have a good conversation as two different people that are living life in this crazy world. Because even if we all have in- different interests and we're a different place in our life, we're all still human beings. Like, like, let's just like bring the focus here. <laughs> we are all still human beings. We're in different stages of our life, but like, we all have a heartbeat. We all have, we all have like blood in our veins and air in our lungs. And like, we're humans. I don't know. To me, that simplifies things. I'm like, who cares if we all have these different interests and differences, let's still respect each other and still realize that you are, you know, you are me. Like we are the same. We're all human beings. I'm getting a little woo woo now, but, uh, yeah. No, I, I see where I see where you're going. Don't worry. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay, good. And if you don't, that's okay. <laughs> yes, um, it's totally okay. Yeah, I love it. So before we do the quick fire round, can you let everyone know where they can connect with you and find you online? Yeah, so pretty much everywhere, it's just the Healthy Maven. So Maven is M-A-V-E-N. So uh, across social and my blog and my podcast is called That's So Maven. If you're a 90s baby, you will get that reference. But basically, I interview what I call mavens and shakers in the health and wellness industry. So if that's something that you're interested, feel free to check it out. But everywhere else, I'm just the Healthy Maven. Perfect. And I will have those links on the show notes to this episode, which should be episode 151. Whoa, that's crazy. I'm like, I, I think your episode like 13 for me, like I can't even imagine getting to 151. That's so cool. I know. I, I'm so used to like, you know, when your hair is growing, you don't really notice that it's getting longer, but other people do. Same thing. Like I, at 151 into me, it's like, yeah, 151. But like when I think about it, I'm like, wow, that is kind of a lot. <laughs> yeah. You should be so proud. That's amazing. I am. It's just so fun. Like, you know, it's just, I'm having, I have so much fun with it. So it's gone by really easy and I can't wait till I'm at like 251. Oh my God. Be there before you know it. Yeah. Okay. Question number one, what are three words to describe you? Uh, passionate. Um, I don't know why fiery comes to mind, but I like when I'm like very passionate about something, I just like, I, I just, I get fired up. I'm a very like fiery person and loyal. I'm like deeply, deeply loyal. What's your sign? I'm a Virgo. I, you know, it's funny. I'm like kind of on the cusp. Mm -hmm. So I I have a bit of Leo in me, but I I also have the like Virgo neuroticism and the like, I, I, you know, it's interesting because Virgos are also really loyal, um, but they come with 
more, um, and this is like getting, I'm really into astrology, so I love this stuff, but Virgos are very, uh, in tune with like, they're very sensitive. So they like feel other people's emotions in a way that Leo's typically don't. Um, and so mm-hmm. I like, yeah. So anyway, I'm getting too deep into this. I could do a whole conversation do you about have any resources for people to learn more about that. Me for me to learn. more uh, about that. <laughs> you know, this is really random, but there's this woman who is an astrologer out of New York and her name is Susan Miller. And I read her, her like astrology report every month for Virgos. Virgos are typically really interested in their sign and in, in reading this stuff. So check out Susan Miller. Okay. Um, I think it's just like susanmiller.com and she has like all sorts of resources there. Okay, cool. I, I've been doing something similar. There's a woman named uh, Virginia Rosenberg, and I'm going to have her on the show, actually, to do a reading on me. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about that. But she does also, you might like it, she does like this monthly forecast, and she breaks down the whole month and like every single day what's happening with the planets and the energy and like how you're going to feel. It's really interesting. But I'll check out. Ooh, I'm going to check her. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to check her out. Virginia Rosenberg. Um yeah, cool. I'll have the links to those in the show notes as well for anyone interested. Okay. If you could live anywhere in the world besides where you currently live, where would it be? Ooh. Um, I mean, I just moved to the place where I wanted to, <laughs> to live. Um, but I would say, like, another place that I would love to live would be, like, in a national park. Um, I, I visited Banff a bunch and I love it there so much. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe Banff, I would say. What did you, or what will you eat for breakfast? Um, yeah, so I haven't eaten breakfast yet. Um, probably a green smoothie. Do you have any pets? That's a yes. I I do. (laughs) I do. I have my dog Bodie, which if you listen or follow the Healthy Maven at all, you know, I'm completely obsessed with him. So we have a nine month old puppy and he's like the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. He's so big. He's like not even a tiny puppy. He's huge, right? He's like a monster. He's so he's literally Clifford, the big red dog. He just he's 60 pounds at nine months. So we're hoping he's done growing. (laughs) Remains to be seen. What is your biggest quality turn on in your partner? Um, I think compassion. Like I, I, when I think about my own partner, he's just a really compassionate person. He's always thinking about like the people around him. And obviously I'm included in that. And I think that that's, it's a really beautiful thing. Last question. If you had a movie about your life, who would you cast to play the role of you? Ooh, I think maybe like Anna Kendrick, although she's like way short, way shorter than I am. But I do think she's uh, she's kind of a spitfire and sort of always on her toes. And that kind of reminds me of me. So I can see that y'all look alike, too. So that'd be great. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Davida. This episode is fantastic and I feel like this is going to spark a lot of conversations for people. So thank you for coming on. I had such a wonderful time and I feel like you're my twin. I really do. I know me too. Well, thank you so much for having me and make sure you check out Maddie's episode on my podcast. Um, I feel like we talked about like totally different things, but it's just like, just we covered a lot and that's awesome. 
Exactly. Like we covered pretty much everything. That's wonderful. Yeah. So yeah. I will make sure <laughs> I have the link to that also in the show notes for this episode. And everyone go head on over to get all the other goodies that we talked about and check out her links. And while you're there, uh, I have a new free gift on my website, The Four Pillars of Femininity for the Masculine-Minded Woman. It's an audio guide, so you can get that, download it. It's basically like a podcast, listen to it in your car. I put a lot of work into this, and I'm really excited to be releasing it, so you can check that out on my website, maddiemoon.com. Thanks, guys, for listening, and I'll see you soon. 